The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. The Marine and the Hippie, Episode 0, January 6th Insurrection. In this episode, we explore the concept of, if I'm right, that doesn't necessarily make you wrong, in the context of the protests and the uprising at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. We also look at some of the expectations of 2021 uh, in light of our previous year, 2020, and also try to find some way to bridge the gap between left and right in this country with regard to dissatisfaction with the government. Hey guys, welcome to the Marine and the hippie i'm the marine i'm the hippie uh, hey guys thanks for listening um yeah I'm, I'm i'm dylan i'm dylan netter i'm from new york spent uh my whole life kind of just trying to have a have an artistic and unique life um and and i've i've succeeded thus far i've i've been everything from a a chef at a four-star restaurant to a um uh, elite cyclist to an elite runner to a middle school teacher and i've lived all over the world man and and it's been a really interesting path to get me of uh, meeting people and 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 understanding that that even though i'm right it doesn't mean that somebody else is wrong a lot of the times we we have two points of view that can simultaneously be correct and that's pretty much what i'd, I'd love for you guys to learn and I'm Doc. Uh, That's Doc, it. Doc Stodd and I, I happen to be the host of the Supernova Earth Show. I'll, I'll go ahead and plug that right now. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I wanted to do this show with Dylan because I think it is important to have these discussions. And I think it's important to have discussions with people who, between people who have, you know, similar enough points of view where we're not like calling each other a demon and a bastard and stuff like that. And that just interrupting the whole conversation. I think that we can have a, a difference of opinion and still show some respect, you know, for the other side or for for a side that's that's somewhat different from ours. And I think that having the opportunity to have this kind of discussion and hear this thing, especially given our different backgrounds, I'm a, I am actually a former Marine. I was in the Marine Corps from from uh, 1995 to 1999, and I was an anti-war activist after that. So I mean, I. I have a lot in common and also a lot different from Dylan. And, uh, you know, we've, we've gotten together and we've, we've worked on stuff in the past. And, and so this is a good opportunity to continue our work and continue our discussion and have these discussions for people to, to, to listen to and maybe get a new point of view that they themselves might not have even thought of before. So doc, um, I haven't spoken to you since, um, you know, the, the end of 2020, mm-hmm. 2020 was a heck of a year and now we're rolling into 2021. I was yeah. imagining that it was going to be kind of a reprieve and we'd be, uh, you know, kind of getting a little bit of a, a breather and it's mm-hmm. certainly not, not turning out that way in my neck of the woods. What about you, man? Yeah, it's about the same. I mean, you wouldn't even know that the calendar had changed over all the amazing promises that the people had made on Twitter turns out to be that it was it's just a big disappointment yeah for sure man everything like i always things worse actually probably yeah i mean I, I always enter into you know the beginning of january with like a lot of hope you know that like oh man i'm i'm revved and ready to go and it, it you know 
we were promised X amount of dollars. We're not getting that. We're, we're, we're promised, you know, change. We're not getting that. And then the big news is, well, what happened in Washington, you know, as a, as a hippie, I think my, my point of view might be a little bit different than yours, but Hey, you know, let's find out. Well, as far as the insurrection goes, I haven't really made it, had the opportunity to make any kind of public comment on the insurrection. And, you know, I, I, I don't, first of all, I, I, I really am very hesitant to call it an insurrection. I'm really hesitant to call it a coup because my background in, you know, academics happens to be in this area of overthrowing governments. And the, the idea that it was a coup is, all right, so I, I've come to, I've come to two different ideas here. All right. It's the same idea, but it's two different sides of the coin. Okay. So there's coups and there's revolution. The coup is against the government itself. The government, uh, the aim is to overthrow the government and to replace the government with a different group of people, okay? Now, sometimes a coup is also a revolution, and the revolution aims at overthrowing the system of government, not necessarily the people in the government, but the system of government itself. You can have a revolution where you overthrow the system and keep the same people in office, it, believe me, it happens. It can happen. To some people, would say that you know Mitch McConnell was creating a revolution when he was uh, he was having a revolution when he was refusing to seat the you know the appointed nominee of Barack Obama at the end of Barack Obama's term. He's basically overthrowing the way that things work, the regime, you know, the 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 method of operation of that government. You know, and replacing it with something completely different, which is radically different from the way it's worked in the past. You know, and he would say, well, it isn't so revolutionary because this is what the Democrats did to Bork back in the day. They really sank his nomination. You know, he was the last nominee of, uh, one of the last nominees of, of Ronald Reagan. And because he was so objectionable, they they did whatever they could to, to Bork, Robert Bork, I guess. And... So that's a revolution, but a coup aims at replacing the people in government. And the coup that we supposedly had right. on the 6th was not aimed at replacing the people of government. It was aimed at stopping a legislative, legislative procedure. And, you know, you could say that that's no different from the people who are protesting changes to the law that they don't like or people that want the abortion law changed. I mean, it's a more direct form of protest against that kind of stuff and a more... I would say a more, you know, interactive type of protest. In a normal protest, people are just marching around out out in the street outside the building, but these people were actually marching around inside the building and trashing the place and stealing stuff. You know, so it's like a protest, but it certainly wasn't a coup. Yeah, I I, I think from like a like a I guess more of like a hippie point of view and and kind of just sitting and watching from Turkey, it it you know, and and looking at Donald Trump and his career, he, he just seems to be like a winger. He seems to be somebody who, who lives by the seat of his pants and just kind of wings everything and, you know, hopes for the best. And because he's a billionaire, the best seems to kind of come to him. He gets a beautiful wife a few times. He, he decides to run for president with no experience, becomes president. And I think what he did was he sent his people to, to do something. He said, well, you're going to go have a revolution or a coup or an insurrection. And they got there 
and they succeeded with step one, but they 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 quickly realized that they that they were the ones now who were in charge of making the next decision, the next choice of action. And, and they were like, huh, well, I don't know what to do now. So one guy's like, I'm going to smoke a joint. And other one's like, I'm going to climb through a window towards three guys, three people pointing guns at me. And other one's like, I'm going to dress in a funny outfit. And and I don't think that there was any kind of common kind of common mission. I think in in and and I think that that's that uh, that becomes sort of the problem in America, in and of itself, is that we don't have enough common connections on either side to really move forward to take action, like what you were saying, Doc, about you know changing the system. Now, do you think? I mean, what do you think they were up to? What do you think they were trying to accomplish? Um, I don't know, man. I, I I think that they I think that they were trying to please their leader. Which I think is is a is something that a lot of people try to do. Um, I think that they wanted they wanted to demonstrate their displeasure towards the system and 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 what and 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 a feeling of maybe disapproval or not being listened to or not being not having enough of a voice. Um, I think that they truly believe that the the election may have been defrauded and um stolen from from donald trump and therefore from their point of view and their side of the the political divide but i think in the end there there wasn't enough substance there wasn't enough real mission to say this is exactly what we want i i guess i just don't i don't know the thing i don't see is like it seems to me that they went out there to to raise hell and they accomplished that goal and i don't think they had much of a goal beyond that you know what i mean i don't think that they it wasn't a matter of them not being able to think about what the second step was i don't think they had a second step in mind i think that they were you know they were they were listening to what they thought was an order you know by the president and that kind of goes to this whole impeachment impeach down trump again notion yeah i think he ought to have his his uh you know benefits from being in office i think he ought to have those yanked like a dishonorable discharge from the military, you know, he ought not get a million dollars a year in travel, you know, bonus. You know, I think he should get secret service protection for the rest of his life though. I absolutely do. Because if you take that away from him, you're basically condemning the guy to death. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, I have a very strong opinion about corrupt politicians getting hung, but I think that that, you know, vigilante justice is never just in my opinion. So, I think that you're basically condemning him to death if you take it away the Secret Service stuff. But yeah, he ought not. He ought not get a pension. He ought not get travel. You know, his wife shouldn't get any travel benefits or anything like that. But the thing is, is that I I think that they were. I think the people there were just there to cause havoc, to raise havoc. You know, and I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm against what they were trying to do, but I don't think that it was a revolution. I don't think it was a coup. I don't think it was an insurrection. I don't think it was anything like 1861. 
Hey, this is Doc. Uh, you're listening to the Marine and the Hippie, and I am the Marine. You know, uh, we ended the last little segment of talking about a coup. Man, I just, I remember um, coming to Turkey and um, where I live now. And, and I came, I think, about eight days or maybe only five days after an actual coup. Um, and what happened there was, you know, the, the, the opposition party um, had people everywhere. And they they look to overthrow and and remove um, the leader of Turkey and and there was a different feeling there was a different feeling because um, the aftermath of that was 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 very clear people many people were incarcerated many people were picked up um, the name of a bridge was changed to represent that the coup had happened and that and that it had failed um, and yeah and it but it as as we talked about in the in the beginning as you, as you did doc was that they were looking to open, that they were looking to keep the form of government just to change the officials who officiated the the government mm-hmm. um yeah and i and i don't think and i agree with you i don't think that in um what happened on on january 6th was uh really had a clear plan i think that that they were there to cause havoc i think that they were um um there some people were there to participate and maybe to demonstrate their and show their loyalty and support to donald trump because they've they've seen him as a great leader for what they wanted him to be um and and what they do want him to be i i don't know um if i agree with you though about um him getting secret service um i i just assume that he's gonna live live on a compound the rest of his life um, maybe he should have some security guards, but I, I think that, you know, if, if call it a house arrest of, of sorts, kind of that, that he's brought on to himself in some ways, but, um, yeah, but, but yeah, I don't know, but he hasn't been, he hasn't been convicted of anything. So you can't deny him his Liberty. You know, you can't as much as I dislike Donald Trump and I really do dislike Donald Trump. I mean, I have a, just an utter distaste for him you can't deny him his liberty to to he hasn't been convicted of anything i mean i know he's guilty but that isn't how it works you know i mean you gotta you gotta have a trial i mean he hasn't had a trial he hasn't had his day in court you know and until that until such a time as he has had and been convicted of a crime you know i mean how can you how can you argue that he would he should be put in house arrest i mean i don't know it really seems like a lot of these people just want revenge against the guy. And I don't know yeah. how that, I don't know how we square that with, I don't know how we treat Donald Trump like he's just straight up criminal without even giving him a trial or anything. And then assume that our own liberties are safe. I just don't, I can't see that. That's fair. Um, uh, I, I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just looking at it from the, the perspective is, is, is that if, if if he is impeached, that all of the rights that are afforded to him should also be taken, um, because that's the consequence of an impeachment. But one one thing that you said, and and one thing that that I'm I'm curious about is, um, do you think at 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 some point, um, y- you know, it's it's a dissatisfaction. I think that there's there's just a lot of Americans who are who are just dissatisfied to the system and i think a lot of a lot of us 
because I'm an American, even though I live abroad, feel as though there's something wrong. And I think I think a lot of us feel as, can understand that that the system is is not working. And you know, the BLM um, over the summer kind of came out of an organic response to the the murder of George George Floyd, um, and and the the January sixth came out of you know the the response of you know of of just people feeling as though they're not being heard by their government and in one respect there there's there's a there's an equality there there's not even though you know some people say you know the right they're all racist or or you know the left they're all communists that maybe it's really that we're all just in the same boat and it's sinking and our problem is that well we're not being heard and we're not being listened to and there's there's nobody there to fix it well i absolutely agree with that statement i i believe that on the left and the right uh there is a sense among the people and i think that this sense is totally justified you know i ab- absolutely 100 percent without exception or qualification the sense is justified that we're not being listened to by our government our government listens to people i don't know who they listen to it would be a conspiracy theory or or whatever to say that they only listen to corporations i think that that's kind of an overstatement too but at the same time i i don't i know they don't listen to me and i'm pretty sure they don't listen to you and i'm pretty sure that they don't listen even though these people are being used by donald trump as his little foot soldiers i'm sure that they don't listen to those to the people that were raiding the Capitol either, you know, they, they could care less what those people think. And they, they, unless you assume that there's a lot of rich people among them who flew in private jets to the thing, which is also true. There are people there who, who were not just billionaires. There are people there who were, you know, and I I hate to use the terminology, but like suckered into it, you know, who are, who, who bought the, bought the demagogic rhetoric hook, line and sinker and who are going along because they think that Donald Trump actually cares about what goes on in their life, which isn't the truth. It simply is not the truth. You know, he right. could care less about those people, and, and he just uses them for his own benefit, you know, to, to his own benefit. And that's the, that's the definition of a demagogue, right? The, the, the guy who whips up and utilizes popular, populist rhetoric, you know, to acquire political power for himself. That's the definition of a demagogue. You know, and so in a lot of ways, I think that you and me who are arguing that he's not, you know, he's not paying attention to us or listening to us or the government isn't listening to us. We have a lot in common with the people that raided the Capitol. Hey, this is Dylan with the Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Hippie. All right, so you know, the show is about putting a Marine and a Hippie together to find the the common the common theme or the common answer or or to come to some sort of agreement. And you know, it, it's like, yeah, we have a lot in common. And and what's what 
what I think is a lot of the times we look at we look at politics on a line. So we think, you know, the centrists, centrists are in the middle and then we have the people to the right. We have the people to the left. We have the and then we have the outliers, which are the, the far leftists and the far rightists. But if we if all we do is bend that, if we if we bend that and make it a circle, what happens is we connect at the bottom. And again, at that bottom is where we do have a lot of things in common. We have dissatisfaction. We have um, a frustration in, in certainly in 2020 of how the pandemic is run, either from either perspective, either the government didn't didn't do enough for us by giving us UBI, universal basic income, doing a moratorium on rent and doing a moratorium on on mortgages and giving us medical care for all. On the other side of the spectrum is you have or or of that circle is you have people who say, man, I'm losing my losing my business because, well, you, you, you didn't keep things open. You didn't you didn't fe- let me feed the economy. You didn't you, you close things, but you didn't do enough. And I think that that's what we're finding is we're finding on both sides of, of the political, the American political divide is a real clear understanding that something is wrong. And that that's something that's wrong is that we're not being taken care of and we're not that that our leaders are 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 using rhetoric to get us to fall fall in line on 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 either side, but really not to accomplish anything, because really what needs to be accomplished accomplished is so people like, you know, a Marine and, and a hippie can can figure out how to get along instead of feel as though we're on we're on opposite you know points of of the divide so to speak um the one thing i was thinking of is there there are people in this country who believe that the government the role of the government is not to take care of people like that's it's that's not the role of government and the government that does do that is practicing some sort of weird paternalism uh and you know that they're acting like a nanny state and all this other stuff and the government they just want the government out of their lives but i think to what you said implicit in that argument is the whole notion that i don't want the government to take care of me but i want the government to allow me to take care of myself and i i i think that at the end of the day what we're talking about is whether or not we're able to to take care of ourselves. Uh, you know, I mean, this is the whole purpose of a lot of our social welfare in the United States is to allow people to stand up on their own feet so they're not being continually knocked down over and over yeah. and over again by the, you know, by being buffeted by the waves and the squalls of, of the economic turbulence that happens within a capitalist society. It, it recall, I recall this one story about this dude who didn't want to close his restaurant for the pandemic because all of his because there was nobody there was nobody to enforce closure on all of his uh all of his competitors all the all the competition so they were trying to keep he said he would have been fine closing his restaurant for 2 weeks and let the pandemic die down like they wanted to had he any kind of support you know for him closing his restaurant you know instead of allowing his competitors to keep all their restaurants open in, in violation of the laws and, and the, the restrictions while he closed his down he's basically he says he's basically committing economic suicide that way 
And what business owner wants to do that? You know, what, what business owner wants to see their business driven into the ground because they're trying to do the right thing, but there's no support for them to do the right thing. And there's every single incentive for them to do the wrong thing. Uh, and so, I mean, this is from an economic, he was clearly not on the left. I mean, the guy is clearly a rightist. You know, he supports the president, he supports the Republicans and everything. But he said he would have been fine doing the thing if there was some kind of incentive for him to do the right thing. And I think that in our society, we we see all sorts of incentives to do the wrong thing and almost no incentives yeah. to do the right thing. You brought up you brought up a word that kind of that like that that hooked me in um, that I think we, we might want to address before we before we end the show today. Um, the word of welfare. And and I don't see it as welfare. I don't see during during a pandemic, especially because it's a from my point of view, it's a world war against a virus. I don't see uh, I see it as a return on my taxes. I see that what the government should be doing is using the money that I paid into the system to make sure that I'm safe and being being able to maintain my my pursuit of happiness or my business, like the example that you just gave, Doc, you know, through the pandemic, so that after when we solve the problem and we go back to normal, then we can then we can figure out and hash things out. But for me, it, it, it always just comes to I feel like a lot of the times I'm giving my money. I see it go down. I see tax. I see the taxes, especially when I go visit my mom in New York. Every time I buy something for ninety nine cents, it's a dollar eight um, because of taxes, and that money is going somewhere. But it's but during a time of crisis, I just expected it. To, I, I would have expected or assumed that it would come to well the people who paid it, and it doesn't seem to be the case. And I think that that's reason enough for that meeting at the middle that the the bottom the meeting yeah. of people feeling dissatisfied and 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 understanding that there's something you know awry but not not really sure exactly what that is yeah i would wonder how we would resolve this you know how we would get around this because right now the people who need the most help are the ones with the least number of people that are willing to speak for them you know the poor don't have a lobby the poor don't have lobbyists you know, whereas in the in every single relief bill, you know, you talk about a one point nine trillion dollar relief bill that Joe Biden is talking about right now. Yeah. I mean, if you do the math and you give everybody in the whole country, every citizen in the United States two thousand dollars, which you're not gonna do. They're almost dead set against that number for some stupid reason. I don't really get it. Um, but they're not gonna do it. That that comes to six hundred and sixty billion dollars, which means that more than half of that bill goes to someone else and there's a lot of money in it for small businesses there's a lot of money in it for you know state and local government to help you know buttress their 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 budget deficits with regard to most especially and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this straight out police and fire and specifically police to keep police paid the police officers paid to keep us in line you know and i don't think that that tax money should be going in that direction. I think that if they're going to pass a $1.9 trillion bill, $1.9 trillion ought to go to American people directly. I don't agree Absolutely. with their with their priorities. 
And, you know, I like what you said. This is not really welfare. This is return. I call it a rebate. You know, I call any money that I get from the government a rebate because it's basically the taxes that I paid to someone else for 25 years of my working life are finally starting a little bit to come back to me, you know, after 25 years of working. I always make, I've made the joke since, since 2020, since March, you know, it just, it it feels like, you know, in some ways where our tax dollars are going is, is, is in, is the equivalent of sending a Marine into, you know, into a war zone and saying, Oh yeah, by the way, you have to buy your own bullets, you know, like, no man, like we are in this together. We are in this as a nation together. And somehow, despite our differences, we have to figure out how to either decide to stay united as as the United States, or we have to figure out a way, as you, you said in the beginning of the show, to put in a new system. Because I think the one thing that is clear is that on both sides of the political divide, um, there are there are millions of people who are dissatisfied and 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 ultimately not happy and, and not fulfilled by their government and that and that needs to be changed because it's too much of the population and that is that is where i think both sides agree yep. so well all right man. i think that's an episode Hey, this is Doc. And this is Dylan. And you're listening to Marine and the Hippie. For more information on The Marine, follow Doc at Supernova underscore Earth on Twitter and listen to The Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on The Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.